Collateral. There's a 2004 American neo-noir action thriller film directed and produced by Michael Mann. The film follows Max, a Los Angeles cab driver, and his customer, Vincent. When offered a high fare for driving to several locations, Max agrees, but soon finds himself taken hostage by Vincent, who turns out to be a hitman on a contract killing spree. It features the greatest movie star of all time, Thomas <laughs> Mapover, the fourth, Jamie Foxx and Jada Pinkett cheats on Will Smith. Collateral mm. was released in the United States on August 6, 2004 and grossed over $220 million worldwide. The film received critical acclaim in particular for the performances of Cruz and Fox. Uh, man's direction and the editing. Overall, uh, the pacing and second half of the film received a mixed reception. Goodness. So today's episode, sponsored by the Church of Scientology, which uh, is not going to impact this discussion in any way. We're not being influenced. <sighs> Hail Zenu. Hail Zenu. Out of 9.5 to 11 out of 10, how good's Tom in this? Uh, it depends on your level of tolerance for the cruise, Meister. Uh, it's extremely high. We love him. Uh, would you use the term we very loosely. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise, mate, I can... Uh, he's just the same guy in every film, except in this one. He's the bad version of that same guy. He doesn't smile in this one, does he? No, because he's playing a completely different character, like like the greatest actor in the world that he is. He's he's such a chameleon. He is. He's got he's got he different a, haircut. Has he won an Oscar? Uh, I think he won one for Fourth um, of July, didn't he? Mm, that's questionable. All right, somebody tell us. Well, the one, that was the one where he was. Um, I don't know. Listeners, listener, how are they joining in? This is pre recorded. <laughs> well, uh, they could send us an email. Has Tom Cruise won an Oscar? I was googling it. This is good. Quality. Ah, best supporting actor 2000 for Magnolia 97. It's saying nominated. Jerry Maguire 97 and uh, 1990 Borthon, the 4th of July. Yeah, Dan, I'd like you to calm down. It says nominated. There was no, he won. That's the same thing. No, no, it's not. No, nominated for is not winning. Nominated. The guy that comes comes 10th in the 100 meter race when Hussein Bolt just cleans him up. Who cares about number 10? Doesn't matter that he was. In my heart. Okay, that's right. I can accept that. Um, Look, Tom Cruise, I think, is, yes, a massive megastar, but he is an acquired taste. Like, Tom Cruise, I can watch him in some things and think he's completely badass and watch him in others and go, oh, fuck, he's doing the Tom Cruise shtick again. Well, you like him in this one? That's all I've been talking about. I think they could have, fuck you, Dan, I think they could have hired anybody else to play this role and it would have been the same film. Or maybe a better film, actually. 
Who would have liked this? Give me a like a Gary Oldman something. He would have pulled off the who's a, who's like a hired killer actor. It's definitely like when I think hired killer assassin, I don't go mm, yeah. Tom Cruise would be a sweet assassin. I think like yeah, mm, Antonio Banderas. He's an assassin. Yeah, well, he, remember that guy? He's pretty damn cheesy. You've seen the Mexican. What's what's that Mexican uh, and then the the, the uh, oh, mariachi? You know like he's pretty cheese. If they put Someone Brad plays it Pitt, straight. maybe maybe Brad Pitt could have pulled off the bad guy in this. Anyway, I died. No way. I, like, oh, I um, Tom Cruise was great in Interview with the Vampire. If you watch that movie again, Tom Cruise is awesome, and Brad Pitt right. is phoning it in all the way. Okay, future one hundred percent. All right. Well, I mean, let's let's delve deeper. Let's delve deeper into Daniel's love, sweet, sweet man love of Tom Cruise, because you obviously have uh, strong thoughts on his acting abilities. I think he's great. That's about it. Was that no. it? Okay, fine. No, I, I, feel, right. I actually find that he's actually really um, unfairly put upon. Um, you know, there's all that criticism of him. But I, I just really like him as an actor. He's always in a good film. Um, but pretty much, he's pretty bankable. much all his films are great. He's he bankable, high quality say, stuff, right? Yeah, he's good performance in all of them. Um, I, I just think he's an actor that always tries his best and always tries to be in a good movie. And he, and he, and he, you know, he does all the stunts. The stunts are crazy. The things he does. I know mm. Mission Impossible movie. He's actually flying the helicopter and operating all the cameras on the helicopter. There's like five cameras on the helicopter. He's operating them as well as doing those stunts and maneuvers and acting at the same time. You know what, there, Dan? I call bullshit. He's not flying the helicopter. Whatever. It's like he's just like he's the making of the film, and he's not flying the jet planes in Top Gun Two either. I fly some of them, yeah. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he sits well, in the cockpit, you know? and the and the guy behind him behind the scenes documentaries. Are you talking things. nonsense? That's no, because there's documentaries of him in the helicopter flying it and doing the stunt. And you can see him yeah. doing it, he's sitting there, and it's he's, like little GoPro footage of him doing it. He's not doing it. I saw one he's of the Mission Impossible it. films. Um, Simon Pegg said that um, he got on, they were going to do one driving stunt. And he said, "Who's who's the stunt driver?" And they said, "We're getting Tom." He said, "Oh, Tom can can Tom do it?" And the stunt driver coordinator said, "Tom's our best stunt driver. Don't worry. Like you know, he's it's Tom's a better stunt driver than the professional stunt drivers. It's great. Well, he's, he's been doing this all his life. Like he, he knows what he's doing. He, he's Tom's amazing." Action- Actually, in the car, giving it his all, and people don't appreciate it. How dare I naysay Tom Cruise? I mean, he's yeah. worth every penny of us. What does he get a movie now, like 30 mil or something? Well, the thing is, he owns his own production company now, and he gets the financing, and he's just getting distributorship through, um, through the studios. Yeah. He's been doing that a long time, so he's getting... He's getting the back end. He's he owns the He's film. getting bang. That motherfucker's rich. 
Yeah, he owns Mission Impossible. He actually bought the rights. So that's why he's cranking out mm. film after film and he's taken yeah, all the, makes the lion's share of the money. Like, does it all, well, no, let's, does, do you think he keeps it or do you think it goes to Scientology? Um, this episode is sponsored by the Church of Scientology and uh, Hail we Zenu. can't get into that sort of thing. Hail um, Zenu, 555 Scientology. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently he moved to Miami now next to the new giant um, Scientology center getting built there and stuff. Yeah. All right, have you ever sense. done well, a Scientology have... test? No, no. Uh, years ago, you can go to their website, you can fill in a little test. And, and mm-hmm. I did it one night, and at the end, it said that I had a troubled personality and I had to immediately report into a center to be, you know, dethatorized yeah. or whatever. To be, isn't it cleansed? Yeah, I can't remember what it is. I don't but know. yeah, did you go? Did you go? Did you get cleansed? Well, there's no Scientology in New Zealand back then. But oh, back otherwise, then. I would have gone immediately and used the discount code Zeno Rocks that is Z- going to get you 25% off. Yeah. Hail Zeno. For, for your yeah. first um, reading. Yeah. Who else is in this film? Is everybody just an, under the shadow of Tom Cruise? Yes. Mm. I guess that's true. Like. Let's put- Tom Cruise and no one else in this film. There's some supporting actors. I don't know. They've been in something. Who cares? Just shadow act, shadow people. Mm. Uh, some guy named Jamie Fox. Never heard of him. And he used to be a comedian. I don't know. And there's a woman. Um, mm. I don't know any more than that. It's just a female. So let's talk the reality of the premise where. Um, I need, I, I, I'm, I'm a mafia mafioso. I'm a mafia boss, and I need uh, six people murdered in LA. So I'm going to hire somebody to fly into LA, and I need them to kill those six people. Do you think the smartest course of action for that killer is to hire a cab? And get that cab to drive you to all six locations. Does that sound wise to you? Well, it worked the first time he did it. Like he had done it before. That's right. They they did say yeah, like the year before or whenever. Yeah, and it was yeah the cabbie ended up getting shot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's a perfect plan. Perfect plan. I don't see any flaws in it at all. Well, yeah, you got someone to blame at the end of it. Like, you know, why follow the trail if the trail leads to this dead guy lying on the ground that, you know, killed six people and then shot himself? You know what, if you want a a solution to a problem wrapped up in a nice bow is is always a dead cabbie, right? Yeah. Would you ever Mm. be a contract killer? It depends on the contract, I suppose. Like, if you are only killing bad people and the money was right, like you're going to get a hundred grand each person you killed, and they're all terrible people, and and you've got the skills to do it. Like your ex army, you uh-huh. know how to take people out. You've killed people before at war, and these are all bad people. These are drug dealers. These are scumbags. Would you do it? This is all purely hypothetical. I mean, they don't even have to be scumbags for the right amount of money. <laughs> Yeah. You weren't yeah. expecting that, were you? You're expecting, oh no, couldn't kill anybody. He's a tough time. No. Papa needs 
Papa needs money in the bank. Yeah. I wonder what I the people on the other side of these thin walls think I am. I'm talking about mafia bosses and taking out six people in an evening. I think um, <laughs> it's the, it's the fun thing about films like these is like you get to think, oh, if I was a hitman, you know? Yeah, it's like Breaking Bad. You're like, if I was Walter White and I was running a drug <laughs> empire, <laughs> this is what I would do. <laughs> I would have done that different, Walter. Yeah, I remember what going through Breaking, Breaking Bad and saying to people, if I was Walter White, Walter White's being a pussy right now. I would have taken those motherfuckers out by the first time. <laughs> Why is Walter fucking around? Just kill them already, you know? Like, yep. Yeah, that's how it's, I it's, it. it's dramatic effect. You've got to uh you've got to have ups and downs. Uh, I don't know. Mm, yeah. So yeah, um Jamie Foxx. I honestly, in the first five minutes of this film, I could not stop staring at his hairline. I found it very distracting. It was almost like it was drawn on with a uh, a magic marker. Is that standard? Or was that just at the time? Maybe it was uh, a wig. Was it a wig? My theory is he's bald and it's a hairpiece. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But then I saw some footage of Arsenio Hall from the 90s uh, the other night, and he had the same cut. Maybe it was just like the... That's the style that folks wanted at the time. No, I watched one of those um, earpiece things on 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 the YouTube's, mm. and um, as you do, you're just fucking surfing in the middle of the night looking up earpieces. Yeah, well, I'm a baldy, so I look at these things and go, hmm. But hmm. Um, I could use a mini weave. Yeah, no one will notice if it all just grew back <laughs> immediately. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but um, yeah, it's like you know. With us Caucasian people, we've got long wavy hair. We can cover up a hairline. You can brush it forward. You don't see that hairline at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But um, with the people of African origin, you've got the frizzy hair. Uh, you don't quite have that luxury. <laughs> so you get these weird lines, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just laughing at the, the what was it? People of African origin? Nice. I'm trying to be sensitive in this age of oh, okay. culture. We will for this episode because we're getting big now and people are noticing us. We better play yeah. nice. Yeah, it's really I mean, you've got to go Jerry Curl to be convincing yeah. these days, guys. You know? <laughs> yeah, Jerry, make it look a little bit wet when it's curled. Like wet pubes on your head. Yeah, that's what Sam Jackson did. Work, work to treat. Oh, Sam, that's who should have been the cabbie in this film motherfucker we wanted that would have made it so much better <sighs> jamie fox know. and honestly this film i found it weak you know like i just i didn't think anything was particularly standoutish it was unmemorable uh i get like you know michael mann's whole shtick his thing is it michael mann see the director yeah yeah um but it just there was nothing in it that stuck with me or will stick with me since i watched it and i wouldn't i wouldn't watch it again for any reason there was nothing to bring me back apart from telling people that jason statham's in it for three seconds at the start 
I wish he was in it more. I can't say I'm a particular fan of Jason Stratham. Like, yeah, he makes crap movies. No, I, I like love this one. Movies. It's more of a realistic thriller. Like, it's a it's a smaller tone. It's yeah, you know, it's just he just goes around and shoots people. It's not like he goes and blows up the entire office block or orders in you know jet planes to blow up someone's building. Like, it's yeah, yeah, but I mean, a quiet assassination see, film. You saw the end coming, like in the first twenty minutes of the film, though, right? Like, you know, uh, Jamie Fox is a cabbie. And then the first person you see that he picks up is a name actress, right? Jada Pinkett. You're like, okay, they're not just going to have her in the movie for this one scene. And then he picks up, you know, the guy is going to go around and kill people. So you know he's going to circle back to the lady that the cab driver had, you know, a connection with. And it was just, it didn't, the end of the film, I think you said earlier, like it just, it drops off a cliff, you know, it's like a tense thriller. And then it just becomes, I don't know, laughable. Like, I've had some time to actually think about this ending. So we talked about this a little bit previously that I I think the film's theme, underlying theme is about apathy and how we're apathetic. And so normally with the film, if we want to save the girl at the end, we've, the, the audience has to be in, you know, uh, get to know that character and think, oh, this is a nice person, and oh, no, they're in danger. And so that character needs to be built up in the audience's mind and have a larger mm-hmm. role. But she's got a very, very mm-hmm. small role in this movie. And mm-hmm. so it's a person that Jada Pinkett's character is, I think, intentionally a character we don't really know we don't know what case she's working on. She could be putting away a crime lord or she could be working to free a crime lord. We're not really yeah, sure. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, tying into the theme of ap- apathy, like this is a character we don't really know. Are we less concerned for her dying because of that? And is that right? Well, no, because of I, I disagree with what you're saying because the trope that we're, is drilled into us from when we're kids is that there's the hero and the heroine and they're always going to win. You know? So I was never like worried that she was going to live or die. You know, she's always going to make it because the cab well, driver was the hero of the film, not Tom Cruise this time. You always know Luke Skywalker's going to win. Do you not care? Um, yep. I'd, I'd like ah, I logic point. bomb. <laughs> nah. Oh, but Luke does oh. die. Luke does die, right? In The Last Jedi, which is your favorite film of all time, right? Oh, canceled Disney Plus. Um, yeah, uh, but I'm talking in the context it. of this film about apathy. So, the strange thing to me is like the most moral upright person in this film is Tom Cruise's character Vincent. Yeah. How is the how is the cabbie not morally upright? What does he do that's immoral? Well Whereas... you think when Tom takes Tom and, and um Jamie Foxx go visit Jamie Foxx's mother in the hospital, Tom says 
aren't you bringing her some flowers? You know, this is mother that carried you for nine months and gave you life. You don't, you don't care about that. And he, and, 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 you know, so Tom's like, why don't you care about your mother? This is your mother in hospital. And, and Tom's yeah, like, doesn't make him a moral person though. He's still a killer. You know, he's still no, going I, to push people out of windows and stuff. Well, my point is Tom is a moral person who cares and he can see all the faults of society and he's become apathetic and given up on society. So he's um, he's kind of disgusted at Jamie for the way that he's, um, you know, not that interested in going seeing his mother in hospital, but treating it like a chore. I just, I'd like, uh, there's, there wasn't enough, like, motive given in that scene. You know, you can kind of think, all right, Tom Cruise is doing this because he needs to keep uh, Jamie Foxx, who's, again, character name I'm never going to remember, uh, driving the cab around. Needs him to get him around because he doesn't want to get another cab. Why doesn't he just get another fucking cab? You know, but... And then that's the scene that triggers Jamie Foxx to grab the bag and run out and throw it off the bridge, right? Yeah, but then he's got again, he's got two cab drivers dead on the same night. And now it's looking suspicious. He kind of needs needs that one, needs to keep it contained, keep the story simple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, mm. But the thing is, when, when Vincent goes in and kills that first person, um, yeah, there's a scene later where he ties Vince, uh, Jamie Fox to the steering wheel, and, ste- and Jamie asks for help, and then Thugs are like, "Well, we're going to rob you." Yeah, yeah. And so it's a thing where society's a pretty rough place. Um, I think when Vincent Whoops. went in to kill that person, that second person, it was a rough neighborhood. You got these rough types around. I think it kind of indicates Vincent was taking out bad people out of society, and he makes a little speech mm. like. The bad people, the terrible people, I got to get rid of them. But then he sort of also says, I don't know if they're good or not. I'm just getting rid of them because if I don't do it, someone else will. It's right. So there's some, there's some ambiguity to his, his character motive. So are you saying possibly if you relook at this film that um, the bad guys win and Tom Cruise was the good guy all along killing bad people and then he gets killed in the train? And Jamie Foxx and the bad defense lawyer who's saving mob bosses get away. Well, Jamie Foxx's character way. is completely, he's the guy that wants to start a cab company. He's been saving for 11 years, and Tom says to him, You could have paid a down payment on a limousine 11 years ago, but you did it. You're putting yeah. it off. You're afraid of risks. You're. Mm. Again, it's that uh, afraid to take chances and apathetic and um, not taking so, charge. So and, what and, you're and telling that forces me... Jamie Foxx into his character arc of where he be- takes more control at the end of the film. Right, to save the bad lady. But so the way you were talking about this movie, Dan, is this is Tom Cruise's Lawrence of Arabia. Would that be true? The Citizen Kane of Tom Cruise films? This is the greatest film of all time? No, I'm just saying it's a good film. It's um, it's got a lot to think about because it it's talks nuanced. about indifference. How you know, a hurricane, God causes a hurricane, wipes out people, and 
the universe is different to us. Yeah. Yeah. And Vincent is like that force of nature that was a caring person that has become apathetic because, you know, like you said, there's massacres in Rwanda. No one cares. But one Mm. bad criminal falls out a window, you're freaking out. Like, we have strange priorities don't we one life doesn't meet the value of another life unless it's next to us you know proximity if it's over there we don't care if it's next to us we do care but i mean you have to be honest and that the circle of caring for everybody individually gets much smaller the older you get would that be a fair statement like when you're young and full of you know verve and vigor and you want to save the world and you're doing you know the environment saved this and that. And then as you get older, you just, you do, you stop caring about all those bigger picture things and it becomes more, not insular, but the things that are important to you become, uh, I guess, more important, you know, as, as you have families and all that sort of shit, it, it, it becomes a smaller, yeah, the smaller circle of the caring is the best way I can put it. Like, you know, I, I understand it's, it's sad that world tragedies happen but if it's not happening on my doorstep, I guess as most people, you just sort of go, okay, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad it's not me. That's horrible, but I'm glad it's not me or mine, you know? Yeah, I know. When I was younger, I was a different person. <laughs> and um, I, I guess yeah, I, won't, can't. I won't name the organization, but one of those organizations, you sign up on the street to donate money to them and they're going to yeah, save the be- planet. Yeah, beautiful beautiful girls in the street stop you for a chat that's what you're talking about yeah carry on so i signed up i gave these people x amount of money per month and then they send you a newsletter and i think after a couple of months they sent me a newsletter and it was on the news this organization had gone into a family-owned business a small family-owned business um that was a a meatworks and Mm. they had destroyed so many hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment because they were against meat. Mm. And uh, this family were outside crying and saying, you know, we're screwed. We're done now. I was like, man, I just funded that. (laughs) (laughs) You're funding a terrorist cell. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those uh, very prominent, you know, save the world businesses. I think we can all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that, yeah, it so- just made me think. Wow, like I don't want to be a part of sabotaging small businesses and screwing up people's lives like that. So I pulled the plug on them. And as you yeah. go, you you get more skeptical and wary, and you. Uh, it's. I, I don't think yeah. these people have any more answers than anyone else, and a lot of the time they've got the blinders on, just like. Yeah, everyone's got their blinders on. These people that believe they know the truth and they can see the truth and other people can't, they're usually uh, the most dangerous people around. (laughs) Yeah, and now those dangerous people can find each other very easily on the World Wide Web. Oh, what a wonderful invention. All the nutters got together. What a wonderful invention (laughs) to learn how to knit some cross-stitch. All right, back on topic, this film... Uh, oh, look, it, it's not one I'd watch again, but I guess as I was watching it, 
past the time. It was a pretty easy watch. I didn't find it difficult until um, yeah, until the tone changed, the second half, where it went from tense, uh, almost a psychological thriller between the two of them to um, a rescue mission for the hero. You know, I didn't enjoy the, the second half where um, – not second half. The part where he went after the chick in the in the office building just seemed a bit too standard Hollywood for me. Uh, so I I had two attempts watching this. I I watched it all the way through, but I was I got really tired at the end. And the second half I didn't enjoy it as much as the first half. People mm. complained about the pacing. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I went back and the next day I rewatched the second half of the film and thought, oh, really enjoyed it for some reason, a lot better. Did you just um, rewatch just the second half and not the start? So did you start like halfway through? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, it might make yeah. a difference, you know, because then you're feeling like that's it's, you know, it's that one tone. It doesn't change tone. Yeah, I think there's a couple of scenes where they talk about the themes of the movie a bit, a couple too many times. Got a bit mm. repetitive. It could have been cut down a wee bit more. Yeah, yeah. But, All right, you rock. You mm. are rolling into a uh, United Video Store. <laughs> what are you going to pick up at the same time as this for your Friday night entertainment? What are you double, double bagging it with? Going to double feature this with The Last Samurai. Oh, so another Tom Cruise piece of shit. <laughs> the only thing better than one Tom Cruise movie is. Two Tom Cruise movies. That's all I'm going to say. Great. Get fabulous. Get spit, spit roasted by Tom Cruise. Um, I'm going huh? to put it with um, another uh, transportation uh, orientated movie, and it's going to be The Transporter with Jason Statham. The original. No, no, no. Let's go to The Transporter 2. Just because we can. You're not going to make a transporter three where it gets really good? Well, there's the lady that runs around in her underwear in that, or is that the transporter two? I don't know. I'm just going to go with two because I feel like two is where it's going to dip slightly. You know, there's transporter one, good times, then the dip in the two, and then it might come back in three. But I'll put the dip with uh, collateral for sure. Oh, God. Okay. So on IMDb, collateral gets 7.5. Someone says they gave it a nine, a thriller with style despair. Uh, And someone gave it eight, two hours, edge of seat, great thrill ride. Uh, No. I got a pretty small seat. Well, they're a fat person, probably. Uh, Five. Tom Cruise plus Michael Mann equals a tepid thriller and another five great premise, but ultimately stupid movie. Goodness me. Goodness me. All right. How many um, Xenu volcanoes to give this out of 10? I'm going to have to give this seven uh, hydrogen bombs out of possible 10. Wow. That's, that's on the a surface big of the earth. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna give it. Um, um, I'm gonna give it four Alron Hubbard sailors caps out of ten. 
I think that's agreeable. I wouldn't watch it again, and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody else. So if you're looking for something to watch tonight, don't watch Collateral. Watch um, Edge of Tomorrow instead, because that's good, Tom Cruise. Hmm. Mm. What's yeah? Uh, segue. What's what's your what's your top tier cruise? What's what's Tom Cruise's finest moment? Tom Cruise's finest moment. Um, Is that a big question? Oh, he's had so many. Mm. But what jumps to mind? Like for me, I, I'd throw Jerry Maguire out there, man. That's, that was a badass film. I mean, badass isn't the right word, but it's a good film. He's good in it. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty possible. Yeah, when you talk about him doing the same thing over and over again, like what about Tropic Thunder when he when he was the uh, producer? That was great. Yeah, Wonderful. more of a cam, more of a cameo than a Tom Cruise film, though. Best part of the film. Um, uh, nah. Um, never go full retard. The best part of the film. <laughs> never go full retard. Anyway. Uh, 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 oh, no, um, stumped him. Stumped yeah, him. We'll have to come back know. to it. The best of Tom Cruise. Because uh, I'm going to forget all the f- films, aren't yeah. I? Um, so you can't, you hear that, everybody? You can't even pick it. They're all so Tom good. Cruise film. They're all so good. Mm-hmm. All um, right. Okay. I'll give you that. So good. You can't pick one. I did that with the Beatles on our Beatles episode. So go and listen to that one. It's far better than this one. What? <laughs> well, just, okay. you know, I'm, I'm telling people to listen to our other episodes is what I'm saying. I'm doing a bit of sly advertising. Go and listen to our Beatles Let It Be episode, which is better than this one. Oh, let's knock it on the head. <laughs> oh, my God. 